Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Black Girl Stuff. <laughs> This is your world. I'm gonna, this is your world, your world. Life gets surreal for Tamar Braxton and August Alsina. The opportunity presented itself. I was like, uh, yeah. And we asked all the questions the people wanna know. I have learned my lesson about telling people my business. That is just totally not true. It's giving real boss babe with love and hip hop, Kendra Robinson. It pisses me off. Plus, she fills us in on her new career move. I could really go make a record when I leave here. If the things on my ship don't relate to your ship, we can't have a relationship. And Stevie Bags is dropping all the relationship gems. Could he be right? You either a bad pick or a bad picker. You're not comfortable touching yourself. But first, let's go in the comments to find out if self-pleasure is really a bad thing. All that and more tonight on Black Girl Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Let's go in the comments with the very sticky debate about the benefits and guilt of self-pleasure. Ladies, is it important to masturbate? TikTok user The Vagina Liberator feels it's necessary to please yourself sexually before you can tell anyone else how to please you. Let's take a look. You are comfortable as a woman. You're comfortable with other people exploring your body but you're not comfortable touching yourself? Can you make it make sense for me, please? Okay. Well, let's see what's popping in these comments. Child, Buckle 2 baby mother said, I feel like somebody be watching me. All my dead family members and shit, I be feeling mad guilty. Ooh. I know they're not alone, right? <laughs> Another user, and Birdie responded, I'm here to say no one should feel guilty for self-pleasuring. It's how we teach others what we like. Okay, okay, these are some very different perspectives. But ladies, I gotta ask y'all, what are y'all thoughts about self-pleasuring? I mean, it's a totally natural process. So I feel like there's this idea that it should be shamed, and that couldn't be further from the truth, yeah, honestly. I feel like when you have good sex, you want more of it. And sometimes that means just, you know, <laughs> self-pleasuring is the way, way to do it. I feel like shame and guilt are strong words for me personally. I'm sure people obviously feel that way, but I do resonate with the idea of self-pleasuring feeling a little more transactional and mm. not just like, oh my gosh, this is the way to go. Like, for me at least, I feel like when I think of sex, it's very much more of an energy exchange. So yeah. I like the fact of having someone else there, the intimacy, the connection, like the buildup of not knowing what's to come next. Like, I know what I'm about to do but next. hold on, Akilah, <laughs> we, like, I feel like everybody would love to have a partner there, but yes. I just feel like, you know, exploring your body, that's, that could be a different thing. And it doesn't even have to be about reaching climax. It's just about exploring what you like. And so, so yeah. I can mean, I be real with y'all and honest and transparent? Yeah, Don't judge me. But y'all, I did not learn how to, or I didn't master masturbation <laughs> until I was like 27 years old. Wow. And I'm gonna tell you why. I definitely agree with you, Akilah. For me, it was like I needed the entire experience of self to climb, of sex to climax. So I needed to smell a guy. I needed to feel his touch. I needed his skin, the warmth of his body. So for me, I just never felt connected when I would try to do it. I never could climax, and I just felt like this is stupid. I never felt guilty or ashamed of it, but I just 
just didn't feel connected. So I don't necessarily agree with you can't please, you can't be pleased by someone else if you haven't pleased yourself because I was getting pleased a long time before I learned how to please me. Pretty pleased. Yeah. But, but y'all, when I do it, I feel very confident and I feel very sensual. I feel like it's a power in knowing your body because it's like, I feel like for young girls who don't know their body, the first guy that touched them and make them feel something, it's like they're digmatized. Right, right. You know, and mm -hmm. there's a power in knowing yes. your body because right. I feel like I'm yeah. kind of in charge but in a sen sensual way. Like, well, I think a lot of people yeah. also gain their sexual knowledge from pornography, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for people to know that what you see online isn't necessarily a blanket approach or should be used that way when you're dealing with other people. And that's why it's so important to explore yourself and know what you like because I think that there are a lot of misleading things yeah. online where a boy might see, oh, well, all women must like this and so you go out try it and you know as a female yeah. if you've never explored yourself you might let him do it he might hurt you honestly some yeah. of the things that you don't are even out know there. what you like yeah. you're just doing whatever this guy is telling you yeah. you like and you don't even know you need to know and there's, I'm telling y'all when you tap in like at first it's kind of like I don't know yeah. but like when you really like and then there's such thing as like quickies with a guy and then there's such thing as really making love with yourself so there's times where you watch porn and you're like damn cut this off why I can't find something better to do <laughs> and then it's like oh shit I killed that yeah. <laughs> But back to your point, Demetria, I think I definitely didn't feel, it was hard for me as well because I didn't feel connected to porn. I feel like porn sometimes is never, I, I haven't found a good porn site, and they, they do make porn sites now that are female-oriented or porn made for women by women because I didn't feel like porn was, like, female-friendly. Yes. And it often, like, re But were you looking hard enough? Because I feel like I there's did, a lot of but stuff. I feel like that's out there is more so, even yeah. the one that's, let's say, lesbian porn, what have you, it's still from the perspective a lot of times of from a male. Of a male so I, I And it reinforces yeah. like gender inequalities, yeah. but I do have to ask you guys, why do y'all think that people associate guilt or shame to masturbation then, if it's so natural? Well, I think there's a total lack of education when it comes to sexuality on the whole, right? There's a lot of sexual repression, there's a lack of access to sex-positive environments. If your parents shamed you and, and beat you for catching you pleasuring yourself, I mean, you might feel total shame every time you do that, and it could be a totally, uh, you know, relaxing process, and you can't even turn to it because you feel this repression because nobody ever talked to you about it from a point For of education. Sure, but let's, so, say nothing, let's say none of that happened, right? I still think people do associate shame and guilt more so from the, the aspect of, like, man, I can't get this in real life. I have to, I have to please myself. Like, you know, why can't I find a person who can make me feel the way I need to be, mm -hmm. need to feel if I know this is what I want. So I think it's a level of that and also a bigger question, societal question of, about desire. Like, do we feel like having desire, being pleased for pleasure's sake is enough? Are we worthy of just pleasure, point blank, period? I feel Ooh, like, you know, masturbation really, really brings that to the I think religion, forefront. too, mm -hmm. right? You think? I feel like in some religious homes, they, they may make them feel like, oh, they can't do that or something like that. Yeah, religious, that conservative environments, yeah. I mean, that's something as well. But like I said, it is a totally natural process that's backed yeah, by yeah. science. I mean, this is just your body. No, but I do wish as a, as a young lady that I had explored masturbation earlier on. I feel like in my early 20 years, it would have saved me so many, like, sexual attachments that I had with dudes because I was afraid, you know, of running your body count up. So I would still be with a dude that I knew I didn't really want to be with, but just out of, 
I needed that sexual play. I need to get but, one. Marie, off. I gotta ask yes. you this though, because I'm, yeah. I'm really curious. Because like we talked about this before, I'm like that's kind of a outlier situation because yeah. majority I of kids know. do age. But I want to know, like, did you you know that you had sensations down there before mm -hmm. age 27? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Like you, yeah. so you have. I was already busted open, before. but I just, okay, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't connect. Like I would. But be, you weren't orgasming, is I what you're saying. I would okay, try, cool. But you did feel yourself and explore your body and know that you had. Yeah, I tried, but it just didn't feel connected. Like I said, I tried porn. Okay. I didn't feel connected with porn for those same reasons about it being like, I'm like, this is not even attractive to me. And then I tried, you know, with to different toys and it would be overwhelming, but it just never felt good until I found that rose. Well, it was amazing <laughs> that you said, it was interesting because you were like, this guy that you were with, I mean, he did an amazing job, clearly, but I feel like a lot of young women have these terrible sex experiences with these young mm. men who really don't know what they're doing. Mm. And it's like, if you don't know what you like, and then you're gonna leave it in the hands of this fool, right. I just, yeah. I, you know, let the Lord be with you, baby. I just don't know. <laughs> so, speaking of leaving it in the hands of these fools, how important is self-pleasure when communicating to your partner, like, what you need? Like, do you feel like this is a conversation that you have prior to engaging in sex? No, not the first time. The first time <laughs> I want to see what you work with. Because I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to be, like, guessing. Yeah. But after that, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come put some options. I'm baby, let's yes. try this. But you know what? I'm if you're totally this. off the, the mark, if you're totally <laughs> off the mark and you're, you know, using your hand and you don't know what you're doing with it, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, well, let's see where this goes. Right? But it's like, no, no, no. I'm going to help you and guide you, but it's a little annoying. But I'm also not 15. I'm not 16. Yeah. I'm an adult woman, fully grown. Like, I don't want to have to educate you on the basics, but my super, you know, elite preferences, I'll let you know oh, I'm about. so glad you said that because <laughs> it shows that you're, even in that response, yeah. I feel like it's a bit of an outlier in a good way because I think right now, first of all, to answer your question, self-pleasure is super important when you're trying to communicate with your partner about what you want, right? right. But I feel like there, I just kind of have this internal tussle because I do think right now we're in a stage in society where folks really like the idea of saying, you know what, it's a common issue, but it's a selfish issue to say, well, you must not know yourself. You need to know how to please yourself. Like, the problem is not me. You gotta figure that oh, out on you. You know, a lot of guys out. say that. Not, not necessarily me, but a lot of guys yeah. say that. But I think, you know, right now we're in a stage where, yes, we want to grow with our partner in every other way, but it feels like when it comes to sex, you need to come to the table with everything figured out, knowing yourself completely. There's no level or no ability to really grow and reciprocity. I feel like right now we're in a stage when it comes to self-pleasure, that used to be taboo. Mm -hmm. And now, instead of that being taboo, we're, like, at the stage where, no, not being sexually liberated is the taboo thing. Like, nobody wants to yeah. appreciate that. Well, and I've so, been in a relationship yeah. for mm -hmm. five years, y'all. And after a while, you want to try some new things. And yeah. I definitely express that to my man and say, hey, let's try this. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I want to try this toy. Let's right. do this together Get or something. Let's do this side. Let's not in the bed tonight. Let's outside. Something, something different to keep it spunky, you know, because as years go, if, if you really want a long-term relationship, you got to keep it funky and spunky. You got to do something you have to, and I'm very sexually liberated, so I love... 
new shit. <laughs> but I love that you, you have this open line of communication with your lover yeah. because I was at CES, Consumer Electronics Show, and they were showing mm -hmm. all of these pleasure devices. I'm like, whoa, this is insane. I'm like, this is this is technology. And they were showing that there were this one device, I mean, had different settings for different women because if you're talking about different climaxes, I mean, different regions of that canal, mm -hmm. you know, need to be stimulated. So there's different, there's different things for everybody. Yes. So you need to take the time to get to know that particular lover. What worked on your ex ain't gonna necessarily work on the next. So has there ever been a time where this communication went wrong or you were just like, I wish I hadn't even said nothing at all? A hundred, a hundred percent. Like, I'm definitely with you in, a, in the sense of like, I don't really like to speak about my turnoffs up front. And I know it's a very privileged thing to say. I, I'm fortunate enough to never have been in like a traumatic sexual experience, but I do like to talk about my desires. And I feel like that's a way to talk, be flirtatious, fun, like yeah. set the mood mm -hmm. for when we really go down. But one time it went down and this guy, you know, it was dog and style. He wanted to do anal, oh, and I was like, oh, oh, I was like, hold up, holiday. You gotta, you gotta prep for shit like that. Don't hit it dry. And I just kept spitting the lyrics, right? And literally, it just kept Nicki Minaj step coming out of me. I was, I was like, hold on, holiday. You gotta, you know, it's like, it's. I really was like going back and forth, and we started laughing, like to like kind of get ease out of the moment. And it was definitely more of a situation where like doggy style turned into a doggy paddle. I was out of there, but, but at the same time, like it was very much. Like crazy. it was crazy, and it was just, it was a situation where it's like you know what this is something that he's into, but that doesn't mean that I'm into it, right? Wow. Yeah, and that's so liberating. How do you have that conversation without killing, killing the, mood the mood and right. totally turning somebody? Well, off? for me to be honest, that moment I obviously became an awkward black girl. Like I literally just started doing the lyrics and whatever else, and that was our way of just kind of like <laughs> laughing it up. I was, was singing that. It was wow. itty bitty girl. piggy. I was I was literally like, oh, hold on, I, I literally said that. <laughs> we were. We were going back and forth. But that, that was like my way of just like not killing them. Cause I, I didn't feel violated. It wasn't like a full on, like he was obviously trying to test to see, yeah. as a lot of people tend to do sometimes in sex, try to test, is this okay? If I do this, is okay? That was, it, it's like, <laughs> sorry. <It's> like, <laughs> right. So oh, that, was, that was, that was my <laughs> way of kind of doing it because I also like trusted the fact that he wasn't trying to play me in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think if it was, it's okay too if you wanna get a little more, not aggressive, but a little more stern in the fact like, no, I didn't like that, right? And if they, it could become a conversation. I didn't think it really warranted a full on conversation that was just like, no, we're not into <laughs> it, let's on. move on. <laughs> and he was reciprocating, we yeah. laughed, and then, you know, it just went back I to whatever. That. Okay, so when you ladies are pleasuring yourselves, do you prefer a toy or a little DJ? Pick it, pick it, pick it. <laughs> well, I'm an advocate, you know, as a newfound master masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> I love the rose toy. That joint, I don't stand really a chance against the rose, okay? I just, I don't need no porn, I don't need nothing. It's just okay, me, so you my clitorious rose, and my fantasy. Girl. Toys me all too. day. I, honestly, I don't know how people do it with nails, like, that's why I'm like. No, you don't do it with the nails. You just use your hands. Know, like, but you know, teach okay. how to do that. You gotta like, do like that. Yeah, a, you know, like when you grab nice something, you do it with it. And you just do. Yeah, child, give me a toy, a rose, a vibe. Like, that's more my style. Everybody can't yeah. use the rose. Right. No, don't right. say the rose. Like, okay. No, I a classic. I'm not. I don't need toys. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's some strong <laughs> masturbation. Over there. Imagination. That's that what it is, is. self-exploration. It sounds like we are done people pleasing, and now yes. we're gonna start pleasing ourselves, y'all. Up next, we're tapping in with Love and Hip Hop Atlanta's Kendra Robinson. Stay tuned for more Black Girl Stories. You gotta fix it, cause if you don't fix it, I, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for us to to. Kendra. 
continue the marriage and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for us to grow, which is gonna mean that what did is you, the point? Did you accept everything I came with when you said I do? Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was our next guest overruling the bullshit on love and hip-hop, y'all. Let's give a big BG welcome to attorney Kendra Robinson. Hey, y'all. Hey, thank y'all for having me. Yes, I love that, because we saw that strong black woman yes, in that club, right? Yes. So you are always associated with being Young Jock's wife, but we all know who the real boss is, clearly. Okay. So tell us something, like, who is Kendra Robinson? What do you oh. want the world to know about you? Well, Kendra, I'm just a real cool person. I'm down to earth, I'm laid back. Like, what you see with me is what you get at any given moment. So I just... Y'all need to know that because I just... <laughs> everybody want me to be a lawyer fighting a criminal case or doing a real estate closing every time they see me. When I'm at the mall, when I'm at the club, when I'm having ice cream, like, that's who they want me to be. And it's just... I'm just me. I like outside Kendra. I done ran into her in the club, so she be looking cute. I'm talking about thighs out. I like outside Kendra. You can lead her. You can overrule that, too, okay. boo. Speaking of your identities, though, you're also an HBCU alum, and you're a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I'm an AKA, so we got that D9 connection yes, a little definitely. bit. <laughs> um, how has that culture, those cultures, really shaped who you are today? Um, you know, being an HBCU alum, shout out to Kentucky State University and Delta Sigma they just were incorporated. Um, you know, that has shaped me greatly. Like, I'm a reflection of somebody who went to HBCU, one of the best ones, and who is a part of one of the, the best sororities that exist. And so, like, you know, I found my confidence a lot becoming a Delta, going to a HBCU where the, the goal was to come in, enter to learn, go out to serve, you know, find your voice be a fearless black strong woman and go out there and make yes. us proud. So, you know, I kind of embody that because that's what I, I was uh, grown in, so to speak. Being a member of Delta Sigma Theta and being a graduate of Kentucky State. So. I love yeah. that because a lot of times people nowadays say you have to choose, right? When it comes, the fact that you are a successful attorney, you're successful in a lot of different ways in your life, but oftentimes people will say, no, you got to go to a PWI, predominantly white institution, in order to really make the changes that you want to see in the world. So the fact that you're a living success, or what's your rebuttal to folks who say, no, the way to make it in this world in America? is through these institutions? Well, it, that, it's just totally not true. Like, I got my undergraduate degree at Kentucky State University, but I went to law school at University of Louisville. You know, I applied to every historically black law school, um, and I got into all of them, but I... And I chose to go to a PWI, but that was just because it was close to my old school, you know, and I was just right up the street. It was, like, basically a, a financial decision, but you can be successful and go to an HBCU for undergrad, go to an HBCU for law school or medical school because there are HBCUs that serve that purpose. I mean, you got Thurgood Marshall. He was the first black Supreme Court justice, you know. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, we didn't have the opportunity to attend PWIs. You know, we didn't have a choice but to go to the HBCU. So yes. I just like to encourage people, whatever it is you want to do, you can go do it, whether it's going through a PWI or HBCU. So. I love that. Well, let's get straight into it. We know that your relationship is broadcast for the world to see. And as we've seen on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, sometimes it can come with a little bit of drama. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we want to know, how do you keep order in your marriage that is so public? Order. Order in the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, it is stressful, and it's, it's a lot of pressure, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm just... I stay true to myself 
no matter what it is, you know? Right. So, like, if I have to be cool, if I'm being cool, that's me being cool. Mm -hmm. But if I have to come out of bag, you okay. know, I will come out of a bag, not because, oh, I just like coming out of bags, but, <laughs> you know, you have to just set, like, the baseline, you know? And, like, what people see on TV is what people see on TV, mm -hmm. and so, you know, people just... That's just what they go with, you right. know? And sometimes that's the issue that I, I have with, with like... Because they only getting a piece of it. Yeah. They don't know. And they be deflecting, girl. Yeah. And they be going through worse shit, but be commenting on other people's <laughs> shit. Yeah. It pisses me off. Like, but yeah. speaking of really knowing the real you and spotlighting that, we had Young Jock on our show, and he spoke very oh, highly yeah. of you. Let's take a look at that clip. She had this sternness about it, and I was like... Okay. She ain't gonna take it. Nah, not that she ain't gonna take it. She's not gonna play with it. Yeah. She, she's not gonna play with me. Right. I know I don't wanna play with her. I'm like, I, this is this is all right. It was something about the way she she spoke about her family. So one of the questions oh I definitely wanted to ask you, you know, with Jock having a long past or history in reality TV and coming with a lot of drama, like, mm -hmm. how did a woman like you who's, like, corporate and maybe a little bit more reserved and not used mm -hmm. to that spotlight, what made Jock the one for you? Well, when I... We met just on unsuspectingly. You know, I was at a gas station. He was at the gas station. Wow. But okay. That's like, you <laughs> don't hear those stories anymore. Yeah, it was just random. Yeah. But, I mean, he had a long time to prove to me, like, that he was worthy of being with me. And I had a long time to prove to him that, like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the girl you probably should want to be with, like, long term. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, once we went through this trial and error, months and months and a few years of just back and forth, you know, are you tried? Are you true? You know, I just felt comfortable enough to let my guard down and say, you know what? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You know, you asked me for a chance to, you know, be my man and show me the world, change my world, change my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you mess it up, you mess it up, mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, I was just like, I, I'll never know if I don't try. And I didn't try people who, listen, honey. <gasps> not, <laughs> not, <laughs> you know, tell me if this rumor is true, but I hear you're trying to be a producer as well. Because yes. I'm like, let's focus on you for a second. Is that in the yeah. cards for you? I feel like it's another way to blend. Yes, yes. You and Jock's relationship. It is. So, uh, Valentine's Day, he bought me, like, the whole setup. Like, I could really go make a record when I leave wow. here, like, <laughs> he bought me, he bought me the whole thing, and, you know, he's cool with all the music people and Cheese Beats, who, Cheese has produced a, a lot Cheese of... Cheese is dope. Yeah. yeah. So, that's Jocelyn's cousin, so, you know, when Jocelyn told him, like, yeah, she's talking about making beats, like, <laughs> and he like, what? Like, let me know, like, whatever, and so, you know, everybody who he shared that with or who him and I collectively have shared that I want to do music with, you know, they are just so receptive, and they're just like, come on, I can show you what you need, need and stuff, and they have been. They've been helping me, and so that's the, that's kind of what's next for me. That's pretty much what's going to be next. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence, counselor. Make sure you catch Kendra on the next episode of VH1's Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. Up next, we have the one and only Tamar Braxton and August Alsina. Keep it locked for more Black Girl stuff. 
Eight unfiltered celebs. People just know me as the girl that f- Trump. One room. We just sleep together. <laughs> I sleep in with you. Surrealer than ever. I can't even f- my wife. I had to go play a game that f- night. I heard. We've all seen Dennis Rodman's dog. Well, welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was our next two guests doing it real big in their latest reality series, The Surreal Life. Tamar and August, welcome to the BGS House. excited to have y'all. Okay, so first, we definitely would have never expected you two to be on a reality show <laughs> together. Like, how did this come about? And, like, how do you feel about the show and the experience? You want me to go first? I mean, this <laughs> is your world. I'm like, this is your world. Your world. Well, you know, I've been obviously a fan of reality television, like, basically all of my life. And this show was such a great show. I remember watching it, you know, back in the day. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was such a big fan of the show. I thought it was really fun. Uh, it showed, you know, like, a lot of good personalities and, you know, just a lot of laughter and things like that. And then, like, challenging yourself. And I'm into that nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I want to do it. And then when this guy walked through the door, I was like, ah, yes, I have an ally. I was so so happy to to see Tamar because, like I said, this is your world. You, like, top dog in this reality TV world. And I just felt um, a little bit more safe because... I just never imagined myself doing reality TV in <laughs> ever, yeah. like ever. Yeah. Um, and I also, my man, Viacom reached out to me like, it had to be like over 10 times. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But then it was like, it be, it, it be, I, I, it made, they asked so many times that it made me get into why am I saying no? Hmm. I, I couldn't, and then really, when I realized that it was because of fear, mm. And I was like, oh, well, what, what am I actually afraid of? And then it made me actually want to go, like, yeah. do the experience and see. And then I heard my dead brother saying, we <laughs> 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 from New Orleans. Well, how you come from the trenches? You mean you ain't going to take all this money? And then, then it was like, ah. Step, you know, hesitations about reality. Sometimes people say that they're worried that it's going to portray them in a certain light or dig a little too deep. I mean, what um, were you, yeah. it's not just about reality TV. I think this is like reality TV and life in general yeah. is that it's the unexpected. Yeah. Uncertainty is yeah. like uncharted waters, uncharted territory that I'm like, damn, like, what is the experience going to be? And then your mind is made to protect you. Yeah, right. for sure. So it's, I'm going through all of this shit in my mind, like, well, this could go wrong. Who could be there? What if yeah. this happened? What if this happened? And then it, it was like, it was all false. So then it, it actually, once I got through the experience, it actually opened me up to, like, making me want to do a lot more stuff that I probably wouldn't know. I love that. Right. What do you think we can expect to see from both of you or from the cast in general when it comes to the surreal life? Give us something that's really juicy or really, like, just, like, we can't wait. <laughs> so this is the thing for, for me that I got from doing the show with August is that he's really, really deep, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, and I he's very tell. interesting, <laughs> you know? And he puts a lot of things into perspective that you kind of really don't think about. Wow. And so, like, I really learned a lot, you know what I mean? Because on my journey, you know, like, I, I was really kind of into myself and kind of, like, you know, evolving and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> allow like a safe space oh, to okay. do that. I love, so, I love it. It was you. cool. That's so yeah. nice. and then, okay. that is what so did Tamar nice. provide for you then? Well, like... she, she made me feel safe too. Because <laughs> like I said, this is her world. So I felt like as long as I know that she in the house, I, I know she in the building, mm. like she not going to 
let me make a move that just could look all the way f***ed up on TV. <laughs> right. and be, because, and not that I necessarily would, it's, it's mostly uh, that you... Because I don't... It's production, and it's the editing, so right, you don't right. know, like... Yeah, like, like, you don't... don't no exactly, so it was and I really... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And she just kind of made me be more lighthearted, because, you know... It's really easy to lose your head right. out here, bruh. And, you know, I think it's real interesting because black people promote the, um, you promote that black lives matter, mm -hmm. but also black people contribute to the demise of black people's mental health because mm -hmm. of being so very opinionated about someone else's life yeah. and you, you, the way you see them and don't see them as a human in, in the shit that they go through. So for me, it's like just constantly trying to do the work to stay as yes. much of August that I can while everybody's trying to tell you Come don't on. be I'm August. I'm glad you said that. So you know? speaking on the industry and how crazy the industry can be, a lot of people suffer in silence in this industry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I want to know three things that both of you guys do to maintain a healthy, you know, mental health I got, state. I got some eye drops. It's like the shamans from the Amazon, they use it. Um, well, really, the, the hunters, they, they use it for... Uh, well, they was using it at night to, for clear vision and, you know, to move around through the night. But uh, for me, I use it for, like, anxiety and to kind of mm. ground myself. Mm. So it's some eye drops called Senenga, and it kind of burns your eyes out for a second. But you do feel the grounding, that, like, mm. immediate grounding right after. Right. You know, I'm not into the eye drops. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I got one set of eyes. I don't know. I, I was like, how about you, girl? <laughs> Uh, you know, I still pray because, you know, I still am saved with the evidence yes. of speaking in tongues. However, um, I do believe in being a Christian in crystals. Yes. <laughs> and okay. um, that has definitely helped me stay grounded. And I also um, process and progress. Mm -hmm. You got to really figure out where yeah. you are and what, what's really going on, and then you keep it moving. That, you guys yeah. have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you share a bit of a family bond, both of you. I mean, you both... I'm sorry, I've lost your sisters recently, mm -hmm. tragically. And I'm, I'm just curious, how are you guys holding up? I mean, August, you talked about your brother, and I'm yeah. sorry for your loss on so many different levels. I mean, but, I mean, how do you wake up every morning? Um, it's, you, uh, with these spiritual practices, it's weird because, I mean, first, you kind of go through the grief of, like, death and that whole cycle, and uh, you know. But then, it's almost like I can... Um, let me word this right, because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Not, <laughs> not that I could uh, see dead people, but uh, I can hear. I, I, like, I can feel them. So yeah. I, I still feel uh, my, yeah, yeah. my brother and my sister. And they, they'll, they'll nudge me from time to time, like, nah, I'm here, type yeah, thing. So, like your brother said, go get no. that yeah, check. Absolutely. Tamar, absolutely. how do you navigate? You lost your sister Tracy yeah. earlier this yeah. year in March. Uh, well, you know, unfortunately, all of that was silently going on while I was on the show. Oh, and no. um, I, I remember leaning on August without really telling him mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. because um, one of her wishes was, you know, to keep it as private as we possibly could, and it was cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. But knowing that um, someone who you respect has been able to navigate that, because this was, like, my real experience with death so close to me, it was a beautiful thing, and I just feel like sometimes when you don't know why you're in the situation, God reminds you that he's in control and he puts people together to kind of help you through 
situations that, you know, you would normally be able to help yourself through. Yeah, I, I resonate with that so well because I just lost, I like to call him my duncle, my mm. dad uncle. Okay. He was my uncle, but he was my, like, my the only father figure I ever knew. I just lost him in June. Oh. So going through this process as well. But you, August, also being, taking on raising your nieces now. Yeah. What has that been like, raising little black girls? Yes. You know? What I really love about August is that, like, you see this side of him, but he's like a dad. Yes. <laughs> he's it's, that it's amazing and so attractive. Yes. And not I like that's my brother. But yeah, yeah, I'm just nice saying, yeah, a black man and is. really, truly, honestly, right. is to see a black man with all of these levels. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he's so positive. And so, like, being able to be a girl dad is just like, I told him, yeah. you're gonna make somebody an amazing husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that been like for you? Um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Tough. Sorry, what is rewarding? Yeah, I mean, all right, so it's like, I guess it's like, yeah, I just always want the best for my, um... See, we know you do. We know you do. Clearly. Clearly. Don't make me cry too. Oh, I love that man. I mean, <laughs> evoke that type of emotion in you, like just talking about your nieces slash your daughters, right? Clearly. Yeah. Why does it evoke that type of emotion? Um, my, my connection to him. Yeah. Um, I feel like, let's okay, let's, let's bring the button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. No, this is beautiful. Um, take your time. 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 But it's because I, I, I genuinely with them, you clearly, know? Clearly, clearly. Um, they're, like, real good people. And um, I, it, the, I guess my emotion comes from a place of, like, just always trying to um, figure it out. Yeah. And it's, like, a situation where there's, like, so many kind of different chefs in the kitchen, so it's, like, uh, it just brings in confusion, um, where it's, it's not just me. And then it's, it's hard for it to just be me because I'm always having to move around and, like, yeah. trying to work to provide a life... Uh, for them. So it is, I guess the main part is that my sister was my sister in love. That was my uh, dead brother's fiance. And she, so so when she died of cancer, she asked me to take custody mm -hmm. if, I, if I would. And I told her, of course, but I, you know, just didn't think she was going to die because she had already beat cancer one time before. Mm -hmm. um, but she, she has a mom and she has her side of the family. It just kind of it's like a, you know, seesaw and a push-pull, tug-of-war type thing where it's, I don't know if her mother feels a way that my sister asked me to take custody of them, but I always want them to have a relationship with their grandmother. So it's just a tough situation, so I just kind of, I show up how I can, when I can, where I can, and then I just pull back, you know, just to not cause, like, you know, any further That's, disruption. Yeah. Let me just say something real fast, because you guys have heard August and I talk a lot about, you know, mental health and, yes, like, what we yes. do and how we, you know, get through. A lot of this is on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think yes. we need to see that. In yes, right. you need to see it. Absolutely. It's fun. Tune in, guys. Yes. You won't, like, regret it. I just peep something, though. You got on this JR. Yeah, Tell us about it. Okay. I'm a very friendly girl. Okay. <laughs> but not, let's keep it even killed, though. August, are you single? Huh? Are you? Are you, <laughs> August, are you single? I have learned my lesson about uh, telling people my business. Come, come on, speak the word of the Lord. So, you know, you it's like one of, it's one of them things that when God tell me to share, maybe, possibly, yeah. I'll share, but uh, I'm going to just shut up. Y'all done. 
Tamara drops a lot of tea, okay? Tamara and August, thank y'all so much for stopping by the BGS house. Make sure you catch all new episodes of The Surreal Live airing Mondays on BH1. I can't wait to tune in. with his daughter, and he's a proud dad, y'all. Stevie Bags, welcome to the BGS house. BGS. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, Stevie, you melted our hearts after seeing that. Man, I just almost shed a tear, man. Oh. Like, y'all have no idea how much that little girl mean to me. I was and, say, uh, what yeah. What is that like? Yeah, yeah like, what I is mean, it like so raising that little black girl? I, I, I'll tell you the, the full transparency because I'm just so authentic. Like, I hadn't seen my daughter in a year and four months. And, you know, going through tumultuous energy with the mom and all that. And then... Uh, two, three months ago, I called her mom and like, boo crying, like, listen, I need to have, be in her life, she needs to be in mine, like, whatever we gotta do to work this out, let's put the pressure aside and move forward for the betterment of her. I kept, kept badgering her, texting, calling, and she finally said, you know, come up, and it was like my daughter and I never missed a beat. Okay. Like, the, the synergy was so dope, and, and like, I talk to her every day now, and I got a lot of plans to have her in my life, you know, in a, in a major, major way, and so, um, yeah, I'm just thankful. Thank we you talked for that. about fatherhood in an earlier episode yeah. and the value of it because some people don't see it. But you grew up with your father, mm -hmm. Stevie. I mean, you know how important it is. I mean, what does fatherhood mean to you? Well, fatherhood means being able to have a divine masculine energy and divine feminine energy to, 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 to hit the ebb and flows of it, right? A woman is emotion first, ego second. A man is ego first, emotion second. So I think a lot of the times you got to balance that out. And without that balance, you kind of out of whack. And, and so I think a lot of the times we, we put our ego and emotion aside. Um, if we do do that to, for the betterment of the children, that's, that's when it works. Mm -hmm. And my son really was the thing that pushed it. My son, his name is Power. He's, uh, he's, nine, okay. he's nine months. And, um, and when I was giving him this light every day and then, you know, this love every day, and I'm like, nah, man, I can't leave my baby girl. Like, whatever we got to do, I got to make it right. And being a man, being a head, I had to step up and be meek enough to say, I'm wrong. I don't, I don't care if I was in the right. It's, it's not about actually being right. It's about being righteous. Okay. And for me, that's, yeah. that's, where, that's where I'm at with it. I love that you, you just sound very mature in the situation. And obviously, you see that the betterment is for the children. And so when mm -hmm. we're on the topic of children, we hear that you started an after-school program. I grew mm -hmm. up in after-school programs, mm -hmm. love it. Like, it's been such a major part of my life to the point where in college, I started my own after-school program. Absolutely. So, like, talk about it for you. Like, what was the reason for you to start oh, yeah. an after-school after -school program? And how's it well, going? Well, Cedar Foundation is the name of my nonprofit. Mm -hmm. My mom and I started it my rookie year yeah. in the league and in February we'll be 20 years old so we've been doing we've been in the trenches yeah doing this for a long time before the pandemic hit we had nine after school programs in the city of Atlanta like yeah it was like really really strong and we were at all the centers of hope Rosa fan Ben Hill Adamsville like if you from the A you know that them the trenches right okay. Pittsburgh you know okay. all that and we're giving these young people the, everything they won't get in the traditional education system. So we teaching them credit, we teaching them how to plant food, we teaching them about having really confidence in themselves. And, and yeah, I not, like that yeah, because you know, we the only people in the world who here grow up to God. Everybody yeah. else here grows down, but we don't see our power because we haven't been given the, the, the right information. 
And money is not power. And education ain't power, but information is power. What has been some of the effects so far, like, that you've seen in the children that's been a part of your program? Oh, a, a ton of ton of amazing things happen. I mean, I remember one time I had a young, one of my mentees. He ended up, years, years go by, he gets a scholarship to go uh, play football. But he was the number two DECA student in the whole nation. DECA is a marketing kind of like thing. It's DECA, right? It's yeah. like future, FBLA, Future Business, and then DECA. And so he was number two student in the nation. Wow. He got offered a job at 17 that made him, he was making more money than his parents, so he turned down the football thing. And this is before NIL or any of that was even in place. He turned down football, and well, he had the opportunity to choose. And that's, and that's the beauty that's in it, it for me. Okay, Stevie, what you saying? Like, you're the jack of all trades, you know? Yeah. I be trying. <laughs> <laughs> You had a play title, she married the ring and forgot the man. And that made inquiring minds want to know, who are you in a relationship? Ooh, I love that, okay. Well, I think, it, when I look at words, I'm, I'm an etymologist, if y'all hadn't figured that out I yet. But so right now we're having a fellowship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a ship brings things to and from. So we have, we're bringing information back and forth, so we're fellowshipping. But if the things on my ship don't connect to the things on your ship, so if the things on my ship don't relate to your ship, we can't have a relationship. If the parts on my ship don't work with the parts on your ship, we can't have a partnership. It goes on and on. And so I think what happens is uh, people evolve and people change. When, when you're in a marriage or in a relationship, we're so used to being possess to possessing one another as opposed to loving one another to a place of freedom. And once you love, some, love yourself, you can let somebody else be free. You know, I don't, I don't ever mind being married, but I, I want to also be free, mm -hmm. right? In the in sense of not just being able to do what I want to do without honoring you, but also in the sense of saying, hey, man, listen, um, my purpose is more important than even my children. Because if I don't live that out, then I won't be the best version of me for them. Where do you think most women go wrong in relationships? One of my good friends always says this, you either a bad pick or a bad picker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so Stevie, yeah. you're a busy man, all right? From two children to starting after-school care programs and then, of course, tackling the whole acting world. I mean, you're on Ruthless. Uh, you've been on The Game, Finding Happy. How do you find balance in your life? Well, I recognize that all of it goes to the same ecosystem. Like, I'm an octopus. So if, 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 if you... <laughs> No, you know, you got eight. chooses that when they say what animal No, no, man, and I, I mean, I'm really a lion, but at the end of the day, I'm an octopus when it comes to this because the average millionaire has seven different streams of income. And so I figured if I had eight and then they cut one off, say they say, Stephen, we don't want you to act anymore. We don't want you to speak anymore. We don't want you at the school program anymore. So I still have other streams to come in. And, and I learned that from football because when, 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 when something that you love is taken away from you, it's very difficult. Like, I dealt with the anxiety and depression of... Playing, pro, playing football from the age of seven to the age of 31, 32, and then next thing you know, it's gone. And it's like, even though you might have skills and, and other ability in other areas, this is what I've done my whole life. All this stuff, acting, speaking, the philanthropy, the real estate, all that stuff is great. Nobody's gonna remember you for any of that. People remember you for how you change their soul and how you impact they, their inner man. I love that. But speaking of redefining yourself and your book, I heard you got a little surprise for us. Yeah, you know, I had to come bear <laughs> gifts, you know what I'm saying? Reach yeah, yeah, there you go. So I'm, I'm gonna go in the hand and mop myself, you know what I'm saying? Thank Boom. You. Thank you, Boom. Stevie. Wow. Now, you know, yeah. Woke is a dictionary for the conscious mind and, and it unpacks etymology, linguistics, semantics, and it's not the typical um, super like conscious book where I'm, you know, people are like, I'm, I'm holier than thou, I'm better than you. Like when it's all said and done, when I became conscious and aware of where I'm at and what I stand on, mm -hmm. I wanted to scream from the mountaintops, hey y'all, liberation is over here, yeah. like come on.
All right, Stevie, thank you so much for stopping by the BGS house and bringing your new book, Woke. Up next, we have our BG Boss of the Week. Keep it locked for more Black Girl stuff. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was Grammy Award winning artist Jasmine Sullivan. And Jasmine has really been doing her big one, especially when it comes to giving back. She recently turned her mom's breast cancer battle into triumph. Jasmine partnered with Novartis as an advisor on its More Than Just Words initiative. Jasmine says it's important that we address racial disparities in breast cancer screening and treatment and care. Jasmine, we commend you for standing 10 toes down against breast cancer. You are forever a BG boss. Yes. She will break the windows out your car. What are we talking about? That yes. That classic. That got me through college, y'all. I love that song. All right, so, Tori, we hear your BG boss is putting the culture on game. For sure, you already know about that. My BG boss is none other than Erica Hart. Erica was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2014, and she went viral after attending an Afropunk topless displaying her scars from her double mastectomy. Erica says, when it comes to realizing that black breast cancer survivors were not being represented, she really wanted to raise awareness. Erica has been using her platform nonstop to allow her to tell her story on her terms. Erica Hart, we salute you for walking in your truth and you will forever be a BG boss. Yes, I love that, y'all, because breast cancer is a major thing, and I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot in our community. Well, when you we know, talk a... about black women who are dying yeah. at a higher rate right. than any other demographic, I mean, it's a serious thing, and then being able to have the confidence to mm -hmm. display yourself and say, hey, right. I'm still a woman, yes. all right? And I am beautiful, and there's a lot to admire in that. Very it's sure. really for empowering. Sure. Yeah. Well, y'all, that's all we have for the show for now, but we would like to thank tonight's guests, as always, Kendra Robinson, Tamar Braxton, August L. Cena and Stevie Bags. See you all next time. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.